Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And right now, here he is with all the pomp and circumstance, our friend and yours, what was your name? Oh, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Yes, sir. Yes, it's going to be a great week. I've got all my kids coming, six of them, and their spouses. And, and their thir- kids? And 13 grandkids. How so many does that make? In your 20, 27. Are staying in your home? Uh, two, let's see, six of them live in Burley, so they'll go home at night. The rest... And use their own bathroom. 21 of them. You know, and the other ones that are from out of town, send them over to, and I've been... To your house. No. Fairview (laughs) Inn and Suites by Marriott. I already told you they got a special room rate. All you have to do is call 677-5000, and it's a special room rate of only 89 bucks, and they can use their own bathroom. That's not going to (laughs) happen. They're going to be at the house. We're going to eat. We're going to play games. Uh, It's uh, Every other year, we have them on a schedule of either Christmas or Thanksgiving. So you, this year it's Christmas, and it's going to be fun. So. You've got 26, how many? 27. 27 altogether. people coming into your home. Yeah, I look at that and I think, how did this are you a happen? Are you a nervous granddad to where you have all these kids and everybody in your house, and you're worried about this, that, and the other? Or Not do you just bit. sit back and say... Have at it. I'm just relaxed, and you know, I figured there's no sense in cleaning up the toys or anything till after everybody's gone. Yeah, you're kind of one of these guys that uh, you don't care if the hinges get loose. Well, maybe not quite that far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you came in this morning and told me about a brand new word that was used in the Old West, and what was it? Jollification. Jollification. I don't forget that word. I'm not. Because how could you forget jollification? Well, you said it with a smirk on your face. Uh, well, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, accounts of frontier life suggested that the pioneers marched into the western wilds with a rifle in one hand on a horse and a fiddle in the other hand. Wait, 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 wait. A, a fiddle. A rifle and a fiddle. Yeah. And now a violin seems to have been available in almost every situation, no okay. matter how remote or desperate. Dances were held on the just the drop of a hat. They loved to dance. And in frontier society, where women were scarce, men actually organized stag dances. Raft, uh, river, uh, river raftsmen were noted for their fiddling and dancing. Lewis and Clark actually had a guy in their crew by the name of Jean Cruzat. Uh-huh. I'm sure I spelled that, uh, said that right. And he's a fiddle player. He played, quote, according to uh, Lewis Clark, extremely well on the violin. Really? So well, they called that a violin. Yeah. So What's the I, I don't know what the difference between a fiddle You're and a violin. You're supposed to know these I things. I know. I'll find out. Okay. So anyway, so to the fiddling of Cruzat, the men of the expedition danced for their pleasure and the amazement of the Indians. You're kidding. The Indians didn't, I don't think they ever saw a yeah, white man dance. But it makes sense, though, because here's a bunch of great big burly mountain men dancing with each other. That leads questions from the Indians. You know, the violin and dance <laughs> has since Chicken. that early day been part of Western social situations. Uh, there were fiddles and dances in the wagon trains, in the mining towns, at weddings, at barn raisings. How'd they know how to play it? 
Well, they knew before they came out. You know, they brought well, no, but I mean, a fiddle, uh, let's face it, I mean, not everybody can play the fiddle, not everybody wants to, or no. not everybody's musically inclined, so I have a lot of respect for those. Well, they came out, and I, I'm sure they had them, they knew how to play before they got here. Because oh. you just don't pick up a violin and start screeching. Oh. At least I don't. I, uh, I have no, I've never, ever tried to play one. Me neither. But actually, there's one guy that was in a gold uh, rush town, and he found that Quote, it was easier to make a stake with my violin than by hard work in the diggings. In other words, he got paid to play. So You're kidding. So anyway, dances were part of the most celebrations and holidays, or the word jollifications. That's what they called it. Okay. And they were a form of entertainment that required little planning, few talents, a minimum of equipment, and a lot of energy, an ideal combination of a frontier environment. So formerly known, and here's another word I didn't know, formerly known as hops or social dances. Hops. Hops. They did a lot of jumping, though. They did. Yeah. What else can you do? (laughs) I mean, you're not going to do the waltz, are you? Not with another mountain man, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, and they say that these lasted sometimes all through the night until, quote, the rooster warned us it was time to go home. Really? They'd go all night long. So occasionally it was more than a rooster that broke up a sociable dance. One account tells of the Coles Valley boys who, filled with 50-cent whiskey and social rivalry, quote, decided to break up a dance. Well, two sets had been formed, and there was a guy by the name of Saul Culver reached the ballroom. He drew his heavy pistol, and he hit a guy by the name of George Bennett, a terrific blow across the face, across his nose, with the barrel of the gun. It smashed Bennett's nose flat, disfiguring him for life. And that's jollification. That's part of it. (laughs) The fight now became general, it says. The women crowded out on the porch. Saul Culver had pretty much his own way until he came to a gentleman by the name of Ash Clayton, Uh who was one of the musicians. What, musician? Yeah. Ash hit Saul over the head with his violin and then followed after him with his knife. That doesn't sound like no. a real friendly party. Uh, Culver soon had enough and left for parts unknown. So really? Do, never, do, do not ever attack a guy with a violin. Why did he hit the guy in the face with a pistol? I don't know, just for... Jollification. Jollification. <laughs> you know, and actually years ago, there were bans, church bans on social dances, but that was not very effective in the frontier days because uh, the Kansas newspapers staged a debate over which was the most harmful at church, uh, church social or dancing or kissing games. <laughs> no, why, are you, <laughs> you going to pursue that a little bit? I think I will. Okay. Yes, yeah, I know right. you're going to ask. Jollification. So the question may have been economic rather than spiritual because they had to they had a hug social. A hug social. I'm going to get to that. Okay. It was not uncommon as a fundraising device. I see. Okay. Now, at one sex affair, prices varied from 10 cents to hug anyone from age 15 to 20. To the old maids, it was two for a nickel. They should have given that free. It cost $1 to hug another man's wife. Uh, here so, comes that pistol again. <laughs> anyway. Jollification. Jollification. So, you know, settlers in search of entertainment were noted for coming by to, quote, just visit. Uh-huh. And, you know, there was a sincere expression of the isolated pioneer for, you know, they wanted fresh news. What did they talk gossip. about? 
I don't know. You know, no, seriously. Got, I mean, the mountain men and that. Uh, they've been cooped up on the mountain and yeah. trapped. Well, and you know, they had the rendezvous to get yeah. together. But that was only yeah. once a year. We're talking more. That really was jollification. We, uh, we're talking more the plains people, I you know, see. the settlers. Okay. You know, to break the daily routine, routine uh, visits in these thinly settled plains country are more than casual affairs. Uh, one guy, quote, says, we used to stay all night and said one old lady or as long as two or three days. And hospitality sometimes reached extremes, as described in the experience of one visitor who protested, we can't stay here, there's but one bed. And the house person, the owner said, we'll put you in that. And what will the family do? They will sleep on the floor. And what will you do? Oh, I will lean up against the house outside. Lean up against the house outside. So this guy let this other family just... Come in and take over. Yeah. But they, you know, that's what they did. Jollification. (laughs) Jollification. Now, the 4th of July was the only holiday observed on the frontier with organized community jollification. It was the major public holiday day on the American calendar. You can say jollification, but you couldn't say holiday? (laughs) Don't, don't. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, so jollification on a holiday. Fourth of July, how's that? So it was the major public holiday on the American calendar. The day even lent its name to one of the landmarks uh, on the Western Trail called Independence Rock. Now, under primitive conditions, the glorious fourth was celebrated by joy shooting, that's what they called it, uh, diligent application to fire water. Uh Under more settled conditions, the day we celebrate was organized into a pattern. Uh, quote, up early, fired cannon in town 10 or 12 times, and played fife and drum. I blew on a clarinet and flute. What's a fife? It's kind of like a flute. Okay. I think. (laughs) Shot revolver, rifle, and shotgun. Uh, Declaration of Independence was read by a guy named Jack Thompson. And then another guy got up and gave an awfully boring speech. Did anybody get shot when all this was going on? We're going to get uh, get that. that, that, And then they said a fat reverend spoke a few minutes. Fat reverend. (laughs) The parade was the big whoop-up event of the day. Patriotic and military organizations dominated but decorated floats, Sponsored by merchants and organizations and churches. When was this? What year? 1880s, like 1860s and 70s, yeah. Now, Independence Day was littered with uh, fragments of firecrackers and political speeches. One young man observed the 4th of July. He says, the day was chock full of patriotism, roast beef and cakes. I partook of the good things and saw a great variety of pretty girls. Oh, here we go. Now, there were variations on the usual program, and these were sometimes exciting. In one frontier town, while the band was playing their music through the streets... A uh, white man was attacked uh, for allegedly stealing the wife of another man. That didn't turn out well for the guy. Uh, But moving on, (laughs) when baseball (laughs) became popular after the Civil War. That was uh, 1880s and 90s. Yeah, 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah. So it became popular after the Civil War. Fourth of July festivities usually included an afternoon game between local teams. Now, in the 1880s, get this, Eb, it took seven bad pitches to walk a man. Seven. And the batter could call for a high or a low pitch as he pleased. And for speedier base running, the players took off their shoes. 
So we've come a little ways since yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. But competition in occupational skills provided some entertainment on the 4th. Uh, volunteer firemen were proud of the speed of their companies, and they challenged other outfits to contest. So tournaments between towns and even between states decided the champions. Well, and that's where basically the rodeos were born, too, yeah. is because yeah. of the community uh, jollification. Yes, the Eastern Oregon and Washington Firemen's Tournament, held in 1896, was a major event. They had a 220-yard dash over the dirt streets of Pendleton, Oregon, oh. and that was won in 24 and one-fifth seconds. Really? Uh, that's moving pretty hey, good. by the way, you know, did you ever see the movie Monty Walsh? The remake with uh, Tom Selleck? It was absolutely the best remake. And in the end of that movie, they showed the Independence Day celebration in an old frontier town, just like what you're talking with all the cakes and the races and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, firemen's tournaments included tests of speed with equipment. The hook and ladder company pulled its gear from a standing start to a given point, usually 100 yards away, raised the ladder to maximum height, and placed a man on the top rung in one tournament, again in Pendleton. They did this in 22 and two-fifths seconds. They still have a lot of those. Yeah, do they? Yeah, yeah they do. I know, yeah, they have I know down in Elko, they have a big contest down in Elko. Yeah. Well, now, in the mining districts where hard rock work and blasting were necessary skills, the miners staged rock drilling contests, and cooperation between the man with the sledge and the one with the drill required an acute sense of timing and trust. Now, we have described this before, Zed. Oh, yeah. Here's a man holding this 18-inch long iron rod while another guy is pounding with a sledgehammer. Not me. (laughs) I'll be on the hammer. That's not jollification. (laughs) That's bruised and broken fingers. But you know, uh, contests were held in logging camps and of the many skills required of the logger, the most spectacular was his ability to ride logs. And uh, are you talking about running on top of a log? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, through you know through water, and you know it became slick. But contests were based on the ability to balance on a floating log and spinning it yeah. with one's feet. And I've seen this on TV. Oh yeah. But yeah. another one while throwing off an opponent, uh, a skill known as burling or log rolling. So you'd have two guys on the log. Yeah. Okay. And you got to get rid of the other right. guy. Yeah. Now in some regions, these burling contests were advertised as an annual attraction and drew contestants out of the woods from surrounding states. I mean, it was a big, big deal. But, uh, you know, now the bicycle, you probably don't think much of a bicycle in the Old West, but that actually provided recreation for the townspeople. The first bicycle in America was introduced in 1876, and uh, they would uh, actually have bicycle races. Really? They had bicycle tours. They would uh, go all over the place. And, uh, you know, remember the old show Butch Cassidy when he was riding around on the bicycle? Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. How did they pump up the tires? They got somebody that really had big lungs. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. They were probably hard rubber. I don't I just wonder. I probably okay. didn't even have inner tubes. Right. I don't okay. know. All right. So then you get to the wealthy ranchers that were interested in horse racing, and some of them actually built their own tracks, established local rules, and in general took the part pretty seriously of the sport. Yeah. Uh, the enclosed mile track at the Daly Ranch near Helena, Montana, was a headquarters for local horse fanciers, and ranch ponies and racing stock provided the entertainment. Now, in the wintertime, the Western sports, there was one called sliding clubs. And these were sleds or what you and I would say today would be cutter racing. 
oh. you know, the chariot oh, yeah. cutter racing. Yeah. yeah. And that was about 1864 in the mountain towns of Idaho. Uh, these contests involved racing with cutters down snow-covered hills. Stakes for a grand race between the ta- towns ran as high as $2,500 if you won the race. Wow. twenty five. That's good money back in it those is. days. But ski cubs, That would provide a lot of jollification. <laughs> that would. Ski clubs, too. Okay. Well, that's where ski juring came in. I don't know about that. I do. Do you? It's where you pull somebody on skis behind Behind a horse. horse. Okay. Well, so ski clubs were formed in the States, uh, snowshoers, uh, cross-country jaunts in the wintertime. So, you know, we think of all the hard, hard work, but they they had ways of having fun. Yeah. So... Anyway, the household, household arts were also pressed into service for frontier fun. There were uh, the uh, apple paring bees, the corn husking bees. The who? The apple what? Apple paring, where you, you, would you slice. take the skin off an apple. Uh, yeah, and corn husking and that's fun. Quilting, well, it wouldn't be for me, oh. but uh, and quilting was fun. House or barn raising. Oh boy! And one rule recalled a Kansas frontiersman. Quote, if Smith, built, if Smith built a house, the whole community insisted on the right to have it dedicated by a dance before he should move into it. And everybody is, that, um, that is most everybody attended. Uh, so they build a house, and, and before, before the can family move, can move in, they had a big dance in it? Right. you got to have a big dance. Huh. So, you know, a lot of people would spend the night visiting, playing games. It was not unusual for these people to come 15, 20 miles to a house raising so they could have a dance. Really? Yeah. Wow. But Can we come to your house? <laughs> if you want to come when there's 27 people there, <laughs> we, we won't even notice you. <laughs> but, you know, there were a few pastimes uh, uh, were pretty simple, more congenial uh, uh, than something fairly simple and low-key was a card game. And in, in a land where money was often scarce, stakes in a game consisted sometimes of land or gold dust or mining claims or livestock. And the cowboys, uh, they were noted for their gambling. And sometimes they'd just spread a blanket on the prairie and shoot craps, and, and sometimes a horse and a saddle would be lost in a matter of minutes. Wow. So That's now, not jollification. No, that's walking. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the mining towns were, by nature, the most profitable locations for organized gambling establishments. I'm anxious to hear what you're going to say about one, this. One mining town is supposed to have been located. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, here we go. <laughs> One mining town is supposed to have been located in a particular spot oh, really? because the pack mules carrying the billiard tables for the saloon broke down there. I see. So they just settled around the billiard tables. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, weddings offered frontier folks a kind of a special opportunity for fun. And now, I don't know how fun this was, but it says uh, one crowd followed a pair of newlyweds to their home, shot through the windows, broke down the door, dragged the couple out, cut open the feather beds and tore up the floor it required backbone to get the married uh, out get the married out of the out of this way the local paper no, said whoa, whoa, whoa. It, and that wasn't illegal well they were just jollification jollification yeah now uh, something maybe a little less uh, active were the socials you know like uh, candy pulling strawberry festivals were a familiar entertainment candy pulling yeah you know taffy taffy oh. pulling you know oh. Uh, so everybody enjoyed eating, no matter what. I see. Now, the Sunday school picnic was an approved form of entertainment, held annually. Plenty of food, lemonade, uh, good atmosphere, sports, uh, sack races, three-legged races, all that stuff. And now here's one that you may not have thought of, seance socials. 
seance, you know? Yeah. In some Western regions were popular. The young people were fascinated by the new spiritualism, and they gathered for sessions of ghostly conversation. Ouija board. Now, once the rough edges had been knocked off the frontier environment, tourism actually became a popular form of recreation. Really? And tourists had long been a part of the Western scene. And, you know, you hear stories about the people from England, you know, the Englishmen or the Irishmen or the Europeans coming over and touring into the West. So We're taking a tour. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Westerners were quick to realize the attractions of the wild and woolly uh, for adventurous hunting Easterners. And advertisements were circulating, urging health and pleasure seekers to join expeditions over the wild prairie for buffalo and antelope. The settlers themselves began to find time for vacations. Uh, An outing in the mountains or the beach became fashionable. Really? And you never really think of the pioneers as no. going on a vacation like that, you know. But it was jollification. It was jollification. Yeah. Now the new I'm west. I'm almost out of jollification uh, time. I know you are. That's why I'm hurrying. <laughs> you know that the new western tourists. Uh, they were given. They built nice big hotels, like up in uh, Helena, Montana, the Broadwater Broadwater Hotel. Uh-huh. The railroads brought people out. Uh, and Yellowstone Park became a destination for a lot of these people. But uh, anyway, you know, the Indians became kind of an object of tourist curiosity. Uh-huh. And so people came out to see, and you know, Sitting the, some, of the, some of the Old West, yes. and which had now turned into picnic benches and lodges and golf courses. and All that for jollification. Jollification. There you go. So from now on, Zeb, when you and I talk about having a good time, I'm going to say, did you have a jollification time? I will remember that. And I'm sure we can relate that word to other things that happen in the Old West. We'll try to throw that in here and there. And you're going to have a jollification time this week at Christmas, and so am I. I am. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. You know, uh, you're good. I enjoy having you on the program. Thank you, Dr. History, you're not an old boot uh, laying over in the corner someplace because you keep everything fresh. Well, I try to. I try to have a jollification time doing this show. Enough already. (laughs) Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.